This episode of the I Save That podcast is made possible by the Clinician Exchange. The Clinician Exchange is the healthcare industry's hub for clinical education services, providing a suite of clinical support resources from the virtual classroom to the bedside. To get started, go to www.theclinx.com. That's www.theclinx.com. From the Association for Vascular Access, this is the I Save That Podcast. Come with me now. You are listening to the Come first ever now. episode of the I Save That Podcast from Ava. This is Ramsey Nazarala, and joining me today in San Diego are Ava Director of Clinical Education, Judy Thompson. Hi there. As well as Ava Director of Communications and Editor-in-Chief of the Journal for the Association of Vascular Access, Eric Sager. Hi there. Ladies and gentlemen, lady and gentlemen, how are you? Terrific. We're in beautiful San Diego. I love San Diego. How can anything be bad? Judy's wearing a sweatshirt because it's only 70 <laughs> degrees. Meanwhile, I get off the plane yesterday and just basking in the beauty sunlight. Hey, it's breezy in 70. It it's, is. It's, it's chillier still than it sounds. It's still perfect. There's, there's cold-blooded and there's being from Ohio, which, I mean, this is balmy. For Eric, at least. It's chilly. It's amazing. Uh, later in the show, uh, we'll be talking with Shelley DeVries about multidisciplinary collaboration in healthcare in a manner that produces superior outcomes. But first... This is our pilot episode, which means we have to explain to our audience what we are doing here and why we are doing it. We've got a whole bunch of perspectives. Judy, ladies first. What is Ava doing? Oh my goodness. We're busy. What aren't we doing? What aren't we doing? Truly. What aren't we doing? Constant busy. It's all over the place. We're writing guidelines. We're creating curriculum for PIV. We're doing some special projects that are high level right now. Collaborating with other organizations, trying to get a message out that is not from an ivory tower but it's from the folks that do what we do the people's tower the people's tower Mm -hmm. right i've worked in organizations to where i've had edicts come down that say we're going to practice in a certain manner that we can't operationalize so we're not going to do that we're going to write guidelines and we're going to write white papers that help the clinician that do the job Everything with patients in mind, right? right? Everything with patients in mind. So with regard to the I Say That podcast, which is being listened to for the first time ever, and hopefully not the last time ever, what, what do you hope to use the podcast, this broadcast for uh, in your world coming from Ava as the Director of Clinical Education? Well, obviously I want to talk about some of the trending um, topics in vascular access. Mm-hmm. So, like what? Like, what's like what? Um, what's a trending topic in vascular oh access? Oh my goodness. The thing that's really consumed all my time for the last three weeks is high-level disinfection. Who would have thunk that vascular access specialists need to know about high-level disinfection. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I don't think we do. Three weeks ago. Well, five weeks ago, was this on your radar at all? No, no. Zero. But now, today, it's consuming all your time. Correct. And this, this broadcast gives you the vehicle, the platform, to be able to bring people up to your speed about why and what we're doing mm-hmm. around areas like you know, high-level disinfection. That is true. That is true. A lot more to come on that, unfortunately, for you guys right now, because we've got to... Uh, it's a deep dive, it, and it can be a, a, a pretty murky area down there in high-level disinfection. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but it's also something that vascular access specialists... That's not our specialty, is disinfection, unless it's of the skin that we're going to be putting a needle through. Right. So we should not be having to, to fiddle with that, yeah, so we, to speak. Yeah, here we are. Yet here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. So more to come on that because it is a big deal, and it could be a big deal, but we're going to try to get in front of it for you. 
A um, couple other things. Um, obviously trending topics, but a couple other things I really want to talk about that I've heard and read are when the IFU for a product, the instructions for use, don't match clinically indicated to use. Mm. So there's kind of a Complex. The yin issue. and yang. That's yeah. an issue. Yin and yang. So if we say a device is good for 29 days, yet a guideline tell, tells you not to remove and replace for fear of infection or whatever the case may be. Confusion. Confusion. And then we have people that want to live by exactly 29 days. And that doesn't comport. Right. So. Um, we'll be able to speak directly to that. It won't get lost in like a 39 reply Facebook thread on a page where you don't know who's speaking. Right. And you know what else I get to do? What? Talk about things that I really are interested in because I get a voice here and right. I get to make things up. You're allowed to be a little selfish. I know. Yeah. I, and I, I tend to be. Right. A little bit. That happens. So, like, I'm, a, I'm not a proponent of 45% catheter vessel ratio. I am not. I don't believe in it. I would never use almost half of the vein of somebody I loved. Mm-hmm. So why are we saying it's okay to use 45%? So we're going to be able to talk about things like that with yeah. people who want to debate Me. issues like catheter yeah. vessel ratio. Yeah. Beautiful. I know, I can't wait. That seems like it would be of value to the vascular access community. I think it could, because I, I think there's other people that are like me that don't believe that using half the vein is okay. And we're going to hear from people who do, and we're going to... We are. Yeah. We are. I like that. Different yep. perspectives, different opinions. Yeah. yeah. And the That's other thing for. is, I definitely want to hear from you guys, and tell me what you want to hear about. All right. This is, uh, a, this is a show, you know, you are our audience, but we will be soliciting feedback later in the show. It's a very easy way to do that so that we can address what you want to hear, who you want to hear from, and what you'd like us to talk about. Um, that includes uh, key opinion leaders. That includes practice uh, questions. That includes Judy questions. Hell, you can ask Eric questions and Ramsey questions, but you know, I would recommend you ask Judy questions because she has much better answers. Yes, she does. Eric. Fake it till you make it. For me, this, the purpose of this is to give Ava an audible voice. And by what I mean by that is sharing what we stand for and working towards as an association. We're currently doing that already with social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Go follow us on all those channels. Um, but with the, the podcast, I, it's, it's imperative to have the audio sense. I mean, people can listen to it in their cars, on their lunch breaks, or on their break. You're driving during, to a patient's house. a 12-hour shift. Sure. Yeah, anything with that. Um, and I think it helps make us more available in that sense, too. And, and, and it kind of gives us... A voice, you know, with the play on word, makes us more personal. Like, you know what my voice sounds like now. You know what Judy's voice sounds like. You know what Ramsey's voice sounds like. I thought like. Eric Seger was like a falsetto, but mm-hmm. now I know differently. A falsetto well. of <laughs> someone that doesn't need to talk, but that's okay. <laughs> and what I was just meaning, you a know... thick British accent, have, nobody would have known. Oh, I would be terrible with a British accent. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear that, But though. anyone that comes <laughs> Try on... Australian. And, We'll have Australians on the show. We don't need that one. We'll, we'll shrimp on the bobby. Yeah. We'll shrimp on the bobby. Oh, they would oh, be. Yeah, never, 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 again. never again. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We love our Australians. But there are some Australians that are key opinion leaders in vascular access, and we're going to have them on the show. And for those who have people who have been fortunate enough to travel to Ava and meet them, they'll be able to feel closer to them, that personal connection. And then for me personally with, with JAVA, with the Journal of the Association for Vascular Access, you know, having some authors on and doing some interviews, giving them a platform to discuss their research beyond just the text in a manuscript that you read in Java, because that can be sort of a little dry sometimes. And I want to, I want to be able to give them a chance to speak on issues that they had to deal with and some hurdles that they Mm -hmm. had to go through in order to complete their research and and share with, with us. So I think that this is another vehicle and an excellent vehicle to do all that. You've got, uh, you've got manuscripts that you review all the time. You coach Mm -hmm. authors on 
and the ones that actually get to publication, you'll be able to tell a story and um, go beyond the, the manuscript. Process. Yeah, correct. I I think that's an unmet need. I do too. In medicine, not just in vascular access. That's something that I need to work towards, and that's yeah. on the plan for 2018 no. and beyond. So, Eric, I hear a lot of people saying Java. That's incorrect. Java is a nice cup of coffee. It's a it is. It's a mountain also, <laughs> yeah. and it's a programming. Programming. Language. Yeah. But it's Java. So if you think about, you know, okay, AVA, A-V-A, Association for Vascular Access, you just put a J in front of it, Java. It's Java. Actually, this has all been a ruse. The only reason we made this podcast is so we could get people to pronounce Java correctly. Okay, because I'm one of the people that say Java because yeah, I do like a nice Jada. cup of coffee. Break the habit. Right. I'm trying to. Java is good. Java is... Better. Better. Yeah. There we go. Okay. What nice. about you, Ramsey? What is this for? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> you're uh, so shy. <laughs> I, I, I'm 13 months in with Ava, but like 12 years involved with Ava. I get more Ava questions in the last 13 months than I have in the previous 12 years combined, which, which should shock you, right? Because I've only worked with Ava you know, for so long. That's true. Everyone wants to know, when I, when I talk to them, what is Ava up to? What is the foundation doing? And it's far more efficient for me to, to tell people on a broadcast than it is one-on-one in my travels. So you were talking about being selfish and talking about things that are, matter to you. I like efficiency. I can speak to an audience and... Uh, whenever anyone asks me something about Ava now, I can just be like, you should subscribe to the podcast because... It's on there. I talked about it then. Um, second, the I Save That podcast is now one of 37 different radio shows that coalesces around vascular access, what? around infection prevention, patient really? advocacy, uh, evidence-based medicine. Just kidding. There's nothing else out there <laughs> like this. <laughs> the, this is, we, we have what in business would be called a first-mover advantage. We are the first vascular access Broadcast. We are intending to be personable, informative, entertaining. Uh, we want to fill an unmet need that you may or may not have realized you had. So uh, that's where the I Save That podcast comes from. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss the name. In fact, I'll throw it to you guys. How did we call this thing the I Save That podcast? What does I Save mean in Ava, in Ava's world? Everything. <laughs> I Save That line. There's the I Save That line campaign. Right. It's been around for a long time. Been around since... The late Janet Pettit. Yes. The godmother. The godmother. I say that. Uh, published in Java, not Java, in 2006. Correct. Right. The I Save That Line campaign, which you can learn plenty about from, from Ava, we have taken that brand and used it to uh, elevate our, 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 our broadcast efforts. So the I Save That podcast will be available on iTunes and other places. We're, we're through distribution now. Um, the third reason, the final thing, Ava needs to be more personal. We want, we want you to feel like Ava is your voice for vascular access, not just certain people in certain towers. It, uh, we plan on having guests uh, that speak to you know, emerging trends in vascular access, uh, innovation in vascular access, research that's being done, and, and education, best practices, but also the people that are on not just the side of the bed rail where the line is being inserted, but the side of the bed rail where the line is being received. Uh, this is a voice for patient advocates and patients and patient advocacy, but also for clinical. Uh, this is a multidisciplinary organization. We are going to have a multidisciplinary broadcast. And I hope that uh, as this show evolves, uh, we become something that's indisposable of, of the vascular access specialty uh, where people come to this broadcast to, to catch up on what's been happening. Because And have fun. Yeah, we're, we're, we have to have fun. Yeah. Um, like crazy if we didn't go out phone. When we started to do pre-production on this episode, the first one, high-level disinfection wasn't <laughs> on our radar. <laughs> no. That sort of happened. As it, that's how fast this stuff moves, and we can capture uh, some of these things that end up, you know, going into into the air 
uh, and, and get them in the archive. Maybe we'll look back on this episode and be like, oh, they didn't know what to do about high-level disinfection? I know. Well, 12 months ago? What are we right. doing? What, how did that even happen? So we, this is also a way that you can, you can get to Ava um, when you're in your car, on your way to your patient, on your way to your treatment, uh, on your way to anywhere, and just get a little bit more energy around the most pervasive, invasive procedure in all of healthcare, which is, which is vascular access. So that's, that's our intent. So uh, when we return from the break, we will be talking with Shelley DeVries. Uh, stay tuned. Clinician Exchange is the industry's first tech-enabled crowdsourcing platform, connecting the expertise of clinicians around the world with medtech companies seeking to enhance their clinical support and educational capabilities. They've developed a multidisciplinary network of clinicians who want to advance healthcare by enhancing the way medtech organizations interact with their customers. If you're interested in learning more about how you can further advance healthcare while gaining personal incentives beyond, visit www.theclinx.com. It's www t-h-e-c-l-i-n-x.com and exchange your expertise. And we're today by Shelley DeVries, an experienced infection control officer with a background in hospital and molecular epidemiology. She's been an active AVA member for six years, a member of, uh, of the Association for Professionals in Infection Control, APIC, our friends, for 22 years. And she joins us today from Sherville, Indiana, the pearl of the Hoosier State. Shelley, how are you? <laughs> hi, Ramsey. Hi, Judy. Hi, Eric. I am hi, fantastic. I'm so thrilled to be connecting with you guys for this. We're happy to have you on. So excited. Shelly, every time I open an email these days, I see your name. You are a popular girl. <laughs> Love having you. Thanks, Judy. And you're well suited to, to handle the gravity of being the very first guest on the I Save That podcast. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling the pressure. Oof, no, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> this no pressure. is, uh, for, for listeners, uh, Shelly and I have crossed paths uh, over the years. And even though we're both you know, Americans and we live you know, just a few states away from each other, I once found myself in the neighborhood uh, where Shelly was when I was doing some work in Dubai in United Arab Emirates, and she was just like a quick hop over in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is a, is a very interesting country to, to go work in. And I, I always remember uh, our experience of trying to connect while we were there, uh, while you were doing your roadshow. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to be representing vascular access infection control and doing uh, your rounds in the kingdom? Yeah, thanks, Ramsey. That was absolutely amazing. A few years back, I had an opportunity to be part of some vascular access conferences in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, and it was my first time traveling to the Middle East and having a chance to have these conversations. And I went in with really no understanding of what to expect other than everything that had been portrayed in the media, and I was met and greeted with the most graciousness and open arms and people yearning to learn. It was one of the best experiences I've had. My biggest regret is probably not diving the Red Sea. Um, but other than that, I cannot speak highly enough about the experience I had over there sharing everything we're doing to promote patient safety and vascular access. Yeah, it's they're starved for education. Um, the, the appetite there for what we do and what you do. Um, is through the roof and would love to get the bandwidth to, to address that appetite in, in the near future. 
Absolutely. I'd love to hear more about it at another time as well. But that we have some questions for you. Judy's going to dive in. I'm going to dive in right now. So Shelly, collaboration around disciplines. So Ava's multidisciplinary and you're an epidemiologist by trade. So how do you see this working? I know you've been entrenched in our organization. Thank goodness. We love having you. But how do you, how do we get bigger breadth and depth than this? You know, honestly, my first AVA conference rocked my world. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you guys. For years, I've been involved, and I still am, primarily as an infection preventionist, to my local and regional and national conferences. And I'm surrounded by other infection preventionists, which is a wonderful way to share information. But when I went to AVA for the first time, and I looked around the room, and I was surrounded by clinicians of literally every flavor all working to improve patient safety and outcomes around vascular access, I was floored by just how much we could achieve by working together. I mean, it's a a stereotype where we say we shouldn't work in silos. True. But sitting there at at AVA, whether it's a local meeting or the national, and realizing it's, it's all of us working together, no matter what our initials are, no matter what our background are, and the mountains that we've been able to move together is unlike anything I've experienced truly in any other organizational collaboration. So personally, I would love to see more of my peers in infection prevention and hospital epidemiology showing up and being actively engaged in AVA through all its multiple levels. I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more, actually. There are hospitals that are ahead of this. I mean, there's, there are some where vascular access and epidemiology are the same department. Their yeah. colleagues, would, they, they sit in the same meetings together, um, and they have the same boss. Absolutely. It's all tied together. That would be... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really... Um, that's an ideal world. Instead of having teams report to people that have no idea what the vascular access challenges are, and they just report up to people that are not engaged, not passionate about what we do. So I agree with you about Ava, and I get excited when I go as well. Which is really fun. I'm going to Epic. And I think, Judy, you've had some of the same experiences as me. I can speak a lot of the same experience, but I can speak from my local infection prevention and vascular access groups. We have had collaborative meetings with our infection preventionists and with our, our local Kaivan chapter where we're all meeting together and talking about the same topics. And certainly there are a number of infection preventionists who are very active in their local AVA chapters, and I know you two have attended a number of the APIC chapters Absolutely. to really cross-pollinate and, and share our information. Mm-hmm. And we actually, uh, this year for the AVA board, we actually we brought in an infection preventionist yeah. because we did How cool cross- is that? It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I may be biased, but... I'm very biased. <laughs> I'm very biased. We need to be tied at the hip. Vascular access and infection prevention are in the same family. It's crazy not to be tied at the hip. I talked last year about creating a special interest group with Ava for infection prevention, and I got pushback, Shelley, not because it was a bad idea, but because uh, the pushback was infection prevention should be the bedrock of every special interest group we do. It shouldn't be its own. I would agree. I think the two are inseparable, and I think they have to be. So I I, I congratulate whoever gave you the pushback on that idea. (laughs) Probably you. (laughs) (laughs) It it wasn't, but I can see Shelley doing it in a very delicate and and teachable moment kind of way for me. So... A couple more questions for you, if if that's still okay. Absolutely. We both love to talk, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, infection control involvement at AVA. So we, we have kind of um, 
grabbed a couple of you guys and we have you at the heart of Ava as well. But how do we get more so we can blow the lid off of patient safety? question, Judy. I think raising awareness with that everything is a starting point. Making sure all of our infection preventionists understand that it's not an exclusive organization. We're inclusive. And so as an infection preventionist, you're not somebody on the side. You're not an uh, um, adjunct member or an associate. You're fully at the table with equal standing to every other discipline that's there. So we're not an add-on. We really are part of the heart of vascular access. And I think just just helping my peers understand that we're part of AVA. We are fully part of AVA and welcomed to be there. And I think we could start by showing up at their meetings, by coming to our APIC meetings and promoting or cross-promoting what's going on our access meetings. So many, at least of the programs I'm able to participate in, is content that's shared among both of our organizations. So getting us together, just talk, I think it goes so far, but honestly, just raising that initial awareness that we are. You you are, Ava. Yeah. It's not, you're not at a part of, but you are. From I, infection controllers are us. They are us. Yeah. But, I mean, to your point, I've been going to my San Diego chapter meetings of APEC, and... I learned so much. Me too. (laughs) I know. I love it there. But a huge part of my membership for my San Diego Vascular Access Network is actually my APIC folks. So I'm hugely appreciative of that because it makes us so much stronger. That's the model. You know, and this this isn't a gotcha question. The the segment of our multidisciplinary membership that gets it, that gets what you're preaching, going to both APIC and AVA, meetings or being involved in infection control and vascular access, do you know what segment probably has the highest amount of participation in both? It's it's industry sales reps. Oh my gosh, you're right. They're, they're all over both. I was, I've was i been a member of both uh, in my industry days. Right. Um, they see that it makes, because... Honestly, that makes a lot of sense because they, they do have to bridge us both and they have to navigate the minefields <laughs> True. of both of our offices. Your call points for them, you're both call points for them, but if you work that backwards... You're both call points because you're both decision makers. You're both invested in the patient outcome relative to reducing the likelihood of infection or the complication of the device. So they need you both at the table, which means you should be at each other's tables. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Ramsey, having the opportunity to go out and work with so many chapters from both groups, a lot of times we are inviting each other to our meetings. Even if we're not formal members, it's a meet and greet and it's a shared conversation and the decisions and the brainstorming and, and honestly the magic that happened around the table, it is truly like nothing I've ever seen. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. It is. It's a healthy ecosystem for conversation and, and learning new things versus talking to each other about stuff you all agree with already. Singing to the choir doesn't get us very far. <laughs> right. We have to get some people that are off tune like you and I. Well, you're not. I am. Did you say we're out of tune? No, I didn't. <laughs> we're totally, we're, we sing like no other. And I can say that well. Um, I'm going to go on. So I have one last question for you before you go. Um, you're, absolute, you're absolutely a data geek, and I love that about you. But give me some thoughts on how you tackle data collection and vascular action. What is your dream scenario? 
Ooh, that's a loaded question, Judy. Yeah, on purpose. Um, my dream, my brother, is to make it comes across all vascular access devices mandatory. If we can stop treating central lines as the only device that matters for our patients and allow us to capture not just but our complication rates across every device in our hospital we've been working on in my hospital we've always done infections but now i can tell you my complication rates across every device our vascular access team places and by leveraging that data we can advocate truly for the right device for the patient not just based on standards and guidelines and literature which are great but what's falls in our patients with our inserters, with our care and maintenance. So standardizing our data collection across every device and then standardizing it across organizations so we can truly benchmark, learn from each other, and ultimately benefit the patient, that would be my happy place. That uh, I'm familiar with some of your work, Shelley, where you elevated or changed the standard of catheter care for peripheral IVs, and as a result of that, your central line infection rate was impacted, to your point about Yeah, abso- absolutely, and thank you for that, Ramsey. We, we definitely had a temporal association as we improved care of our peripheral lines and our outcomes with our peripheral lines. There was a um, temporal association with a decrease in our ICU collapses, absolutely. And if I may do a shameless plug, I actually have a breakout, a power hour at National AVA this year talking about collection and surveillance across all of our vascular access devices. I'll share the tools I use in my organization and some tips on how we got there because it's something I've been involved in my whole career. Part or electronic medical record, we found ways to get it done in really an efficient manner and, and to create that meaningful data to lead the conversations to leverage the outcomes. Yeah, that's your session in Columbus at the AVA scientific meeting in September is not the most important reason to come to Columbus. It's in the top thousand. It's probably in the top five. <laughs> oh my there's such gosh, a long Francis, list. Thank it's... you so much. <laughs> so I need to I need to make sure everyone understands that it's a VI it's a cast of thousand VIPs of which you are on the marquee. Pretty it's high. Very, very yeah. pretty darn high. I, you and moved... that's the amazing thing about Ava. There are so many brilliant things and brilliant people trying to find a way to do it all. It's it's like a kid in a candy store. It's fun. The people you read up on, you read the research, and then you're having tacos with them at lunch. That's like, oh, true. It's, it's, you're, you're rubbing elbows. She is Shelly DeVries. Uh, infection prevention has a voice, a strong voice at Ava. We'd like to see more of them. Um, Shelly, thank you for joining us today. And now everyone who follows you has to follow your lead as the first ever guest interview on the I Save That podcast. Absolutely. Hard, awesome. hard act to follow. Way yeah. to set the bar high. Yeah. Oof. Thanks, Shell. All right. Hey, Shelly. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. If you'd like to hear our full interview with Shelley DeVries, including an intriguing segment on how her team conducts plastic rounds, you can as an AVA member benefit. Just visit avainfo.org slash podcast. There you will find a link with the entire interview. We're going to take a short break. When we return, we will hear from the author of an article featured in the upcoming summer edition of the Journal of the Association for Vascular Access. Then a bit later, check out what is going on at AVA with everything from network events to the AVA scientific meeting and much, much more. Stay tuned.
This is the inaugural Beyond the Manuscript segment of the I Save That podcast. As previously noted on the podcast, my name is Eric Seger, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of the Association for Vascular Access. It is my pleasure to be joined today by Donna Matoka, the author of the continuing education article for the JVA Summer Issue, which is currently in production and due out at the beginning of June. How are you this morning, Donna? I am great. How are you today, Eric? Fantastic. I, I heard some I heard you before said that you were kind of on a bit of a, a little time away from the office, so I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me. My pleasure. Now, your article for JAVA revolves around the phenomenon and the nuisance known as pump alarm fatigue within hospitals. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, how, about the article and how you kind of arrived at the idea for researching that? Sure. I uh, started... Um, working with infusion pumps as part of my job. And when I went into the doctoral program, I felt that it would be a very good um, segment of, of the population to work on because it's a big issue that exists, alarm fatigue, and um, not well studied as far as the infusion pump realm, um, realm but many uh, patients get infusion therapy in the hospital, so I felt that it was an extensive population that had been overlooked. Sure. Is this something that you have kind of discussed with your colleagues off and on, you know, about this? Um, yeah, and I, I find that a lot of the nurses tend to feel that it is the pump and that it is just a way of life. And it, interestingly enough, there are many things that occur outside of the pump that contribute to those alarms that we as nurses can address to actually reduce those alarms. Gotcha. Okay. What are, what are some examples of the, of the pump alarm? Well, when we look at air in line alarms, which is a big portion of, mm -hmm. of infusion alarms, a lot of it has to do with just the chemistry of the way that fluids work and the environment. So if you're looking at pressure, uh, atmospheric pressure, mm -hmm. as well as temperatures of the fluids that can contribute to bubble formation. If we look at rates, if we look at viscosity. So there are a lot of things outside of the actual pump itself. Sure. Looking at patient site occlusion alarms, a lot of that has to do with um, the location of the IV. And we understand that as nurses, but we really haven't been proactively managing that. So I think that there's opportunities there as well. Okay, that sounds really interesting. I'm sure that it's going to be some research that others, other infusion nurses and other clinicians in vascular access are going to be all over because I'm sure that they're going to be like, you know, we face these same sort of problems in our practice as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that there's, you know, definite opportunities for learning. I don't see it happening in nursing school. I don't see it happening from the manufacturers. Um, I think it's just a very overlooked uh, phenomenon, uh, but it can have a tremendous impact because patient satisfaction is definitely impacted by frequent alarms. Absolutely, and that's the number one priority for, for anyone in your Correct. position. So what sort of hurdles, if there were any, did you face while you were working on your research? Um, I, I tended to want to go a little bit bigger um, than I had time for. I only did investigate one infusion pump. 
um, one type. I think that further research in other manufacturers' pumps will reveal the same findings, um, but I can't really say that that would be true because it wasn't studied and I just sure. didn't have the time or the scope for it. Sure. As well as I did find it um, particularly hard to find a site that was willing to study it. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I think that a lot of my colleagues that were going through the program as well, finding sites to do research um, can be very problematic. And so I think that there's an opportunity for hospitals to be more willing to allow students to come in and perform these types of projects um, within their facility. Continue the education. Correct. Everything. Correct. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, I'll get you out of here on this. What's your hope uh, when readers go through your research and read your article? What's your hope that they take away from it um, to improve? I, I think the the best takeaway would be that it improves their understanding of how these alarms work. And to there's many opportunities to seek further information on it and to really develop with a different set of knowledge, you have a different set of eyes when you're taking care of your patients, and I hope that allows them to change their practice a little bit and improve the patient experience and their experience with an infusion pump. Well, I know for a fact that your article thing is how I edited it, obviously, is, uh, is terrific and it's really well written and there's a lot of great research in there. So I thank you uh, for taking the time out of your schedule to, to chat with me about this for the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoy that interview with Donna Matoka, who graciously gave us some of her time to chat about her article on reducing infusion pump alarms through structured interventions. It is the continuing education article for the summer issue of JAVA, which is due out in early June. And I turn now back to my colleagues, Ramsey, and Judy, lady and gentlemen, what were your impressions on what Donna had to say and what she's doing with her research? I thought it was great. So it was informative, and we have so much alarm fatigue in what we do as clinicians that I think it was really well. She's well spoken. I think the article was great. So I'm excited. Yeah, as someone who has not been in the in the hospital as much. Or, as her or other clinicians like yourself, Judy, I think, you know, I, I didn't realize that that was really sort of a, a phenomenon of sorts, but I think after reading it and speaking with her, it's, it's a big deal. Truly, truly. Have you ever, you've been in a hospital before yes, just visiting yes. someone, right? Yes. Have you walked I, down a hallway and seen light surges? Oh yeah. Moving? Yes. And it's, 15 nurses sitting around often and not hearing it. Right. They're just used to it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard on patients and families. Mm -hmm. Clinicians learn to tune those things out, whereas for patients, beeping is bad. It's their beeping beep. is bad. It's scary. It is. Or it's uncomfortable. Right. So I, uh... There is the poster fatigue, the alarm fatigue, that's all very real. And later on in this season, we'll be talking about some, some pretty bold new initiatives that Ava is, is creating and deploying specifically to attack the way we look at uh, crises in hospitals, not just making louder beeps and, and, and lights, but uh, changing how we how we address them. So that's a teaser for the rest of the season. Yeah. 
some great interviews in this in this episode here. I think with Shelly and both with her and Donna. I agree. That was fun with Shelly. Boy, can she keep the conversation going? She's always has something either controversial, groundbreaking, or just pure fun to talk about. She's a bubbly personality. Her. I do. I get to see her um, tomorrow. She's coming to my Sandvan, the San Diego Vascular Access Network meeting, and talking about dressing disruption. Fun. So I get to see her and listen to her tomorrow. Which is around the time we'll be releasing the podcast, so probably too late, but in a moment we'll be talking about other network activities that our listeners could attend. Uh, not in San Diego this time, but uh, around the country. But Eric, first you wanted to talk about uh, the scientific meeting coming up in Columbus, which everyone can go to. That's right. Uh, being a Columbus resident for the past eight years now, I, I love this city, and I, I'm really excited for it to host uh, the Ava Scientific Meeting, and, and I really think that all the attendees are going to have a great time and be pleasantly surprised at all the amenities and how walkable everything is with great food and entertainment. Um, and the convention center just went under a huge renovation and it looks really, really awesome. We went in there uh, when we had a, our last board meeting here planning and it's, it's, it's really great. And I think that the city is excited to, to host an event like this and it's going to be a great time. It is. And I know as someone that's not from the Ohio area, when I first heard Ohio or Columbus specifically, I was like, really? <laughs> but I can't tell you how much fun I had there. It has some of the best food and best type vibe I've been in a long time. I love that city. I've been back twice, I think now. And each time uh, I can't, well, I just can't wait for conference. It's really fun there. And the hotels are super close to the convention center. They're connected. There's uh, a walkway. This, yeah. It has that crazy head shape thing in there that you, that you go in and you take your picture and it morphs this big statuesque thing to look like you. I'm still traumatized from seeing your head 20 feet tall. <laughs> I know, me too. All the way up to the it's ceiling. Not a good thing. It's massive. <laughs> But you guys definitely want to make it out there. Don't miss out. It's going to be the talk of the season. I feel like we're going to be talking about that on upcoming episodes, too. Maybe have probably will. Maybe. Hey, talking about episodes, by the way, um, for AVA members, you can. The, we're going to have this super edited version of this podcast that you're listening to. But for the AVA members that want to hear all the details, the entire interview with Shelly, you can log into avainfo.org slash podcast and listen to everything we talked about. Nice. For every episode, for every interview. So there are a whole bunch of uh, network events coming up around the country after the Memorial Day holiday, during which time maybe you'll have be listening to this podcast while you're driving somewhere fun or having barbecue or practicing vascular access or thinking about vascular access. The first one coming up on May 31st, it's my van. They're having their meeting in Northville, Michigan, which is just uh, northwest of Detroit. On June 5th in Little Rock, our van is having a meeting. On June 6th in Randolph, Massachusetts, just outside Boston, that is the Mayvan Annual Full Day Conference. That is a very large group. That's a great group. If you're near Boston on the 6th, definitely try to hook up with them in Randolph, Massachusetts. If you happen to be in Chicago on the 6th, that's the IVAN uh, 10th Anniversary Meeting. Uh, right line, right patient, right time by the right clinician. On June 6th in Memphis, Texas, 
Midsvan is having a meeting. The topic is bringing the periphery in focus, risks associated with peripheral IVs. On June 7th in Oklahoma City, OKVAN is meeting. Their topic is midlines from the infection prevention side of the table. On June 7th in Jacksonville, Florida, there's a Flavan meeting. On June 7th in Springfield, Missouri, Ozark Van is getting together, and their topic is responsible, compassionate care, meeting the needs of patients with a history of drug use. And finally, on June 8th in San Antonio, Texas, that is the Centex Van 4th Annual Symposium, Preserve, Prevent, and Maintain the Pursuit of Happy Veins. And I, Ramsey Nasrallah, will actually be attending. So if you're in San Antonio on June 8th, I would love to meet you at the Centex Van meeting there. As always, you can check the AVA Network's calendar on the AVA website. That's pretty easy to access. It's www.avainfo.org calendar. And you can register and get more information both about the meetings and about joining a network near you on the site. That's a lot of events in a short period. Nine, nine network events in a span of, what, eight days? That's crazy. Right. If, uh, if, if you, you don't have to rewind the podcast, you can go to avainfo.org. Look under membership, and you'll see the network calendar. And you can always keep an, uh, up to date with what's happening near you, or you might happen to be traveling to. If, you, if, you, if you're in Memphis, Texas, on June 6th, just passing through, hey, there's there's a network meeting there. You should go. Okay, so Eric, I have a question. What's that? We know how to subscribe to our own podcast. <laughs> okay, for those of you who are like Judy and aren't sure how to find us and find this podcast, uh, you if you are an Apple customer. You can open your iTunes, and it's incredibly easy. You just open iTunes on your laptop or your tablet um, and type I Save That Podcast in the search bar, which is located at the top right-hand corner. And then once you're on the I Save That Podcast page, you'll see our logo and everything there. You just simply click the subscribe button, and voila, all the new episodes of our podcast will download immediately to your iTunes uh, once they become available. You can do that on your iPhone, too. There's a podcast app. And then again, you just search for I Save That Podcast and click on subscribe once you arrive at our page. Um, for Android users, I'm not one of those, but I understand that they now have a Google Play Music app and you can hit the menu button on that and, and tap podcasts where again, you just search for I Save That Podcast and then you're once, on the page, once you're on the page, you just click subscribe. It's really easy. It's just pretty straightforward. So, and Ava's available to you also on all social media platforms everywhere, which is where we provide vascular access news, updates, and research on a daily basis. So on Twitter, you can find us at I Save That Line. You can like us on Facebook at Association for Vascular Access. You can follow us on Instagram at I underscore save underscore that underscore line. And you can follow us on LinkedIn at Association for Vascular Access. And you can do the same on Pinterest, even. That's one of our newest social media platforms that we've joined. Search for Association for Vascular Access. And while you're at it, you can like the AVA Foundation on Facebook to hear all the great things that they're doing um, and follow it on LinkedIn. Because as the three of us know, there are countless great things coming from AVA. I and mean, we just went through a whole nine network events and that's not even halfway through the month of of june um so you you don't want to miss those um but that that's it for us this week on the i save that podcast thanks for listening um be sure to subscribe to us on itunes you can find us on soundcloud and spotify as well um, and we'll see you next time
please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and colleagues because we have a whole bunch of great guests lined up for future episodes, including LeBron James, Sandra Bullock, Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Hudson Garrett, and Dr. Vineet Chopra. A few of those are not yet confirmed, but they've all been invited. So thank you to the Clinician Exchange again for sponsoring this first episode. Thank you, Shelley DeVries. Thank you, Dabney Coleman. And we will see you next time. Music from this episode was played under fair use from the following artists. Congos, Beastie Boys, Dancehall Crashers, Richie Valens, and Dr. Dre. The information discussed on the I Save That podcast is solely for informational purposes. You should personally seek the guidance of clinicians before making any decisions that affect your health or the health of your patients. Listeners of this podcast are advised to do their own due diligence when it comes to making vascular access decisions. Our goal is to inform and entertain the healthcare landscape while giving you a starting point for your discussions with your own clinicians and professional advisors. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the hosts, our guests, our sponsors, and the Association for Vascular Access are not responsible for the success or failure of your health, your career, or any decision you make relating to any information we've presented. No part of this broadcast shall be reproduced, transmitted, or sold in whole or any part or in any form without prior written consent of the Association for Vascular Access.